0: Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. I'm launching out of Ephesians 3 and verse 13 through 19 again. And uh, I want to talk about the family for a little while, see what the Lord does with this. I pray it'll be a blessing to you that... uh, it would be good to see someone get in the family. Uh, we're, uh, we're, we're that bunch that wants more people in the family. Uh, and you can't buy your way in. The price has already been paid. And, and you'll not get in because your mom and dad's in. You'll get in because, praise God, you had an experience uh, of, with Jesus Christ. You were born into the family of God. That's how you get in families is by birth and uh, we hope that you've been born again. And uh, people don't like that term nowadays, they're a little put out by it, but uh, uh, I'm one of the born again people. Say, so where do you get that idea? Well, that's what Jesus said about it, and I think he's the authority on the subject, don't you? But you must be born again, it's, not a, it's not, a, you know, not a suggestion. No, it's a command that if you're gonna go to heaven, you must be born again. <clears throat> I pray this will be a help to you today. Uh, and, and so if you found Ephesians 3 and 13, shout amen. amen. Paul said, wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees under the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family, look where it's located, in heaven and heaven earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That's the one we're working on today. They just no hope for this outer man. He's, I'm telling you, the outer man is going to perish. And, but though the outward man perish, the inward man is day by day, A plus right there now. By the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That's how it is obtained. That ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend or to understand with all saints. Now, this is a this is a tall order, right? Here, deep water. What is the breadth and length and depth and height? And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. There's some things you can know, some things. You know of, but you don't know fully that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Father, we love you and thank you for the day and the opportunity to be back in church, Lord. What a privilege to be behind the desk and in front of these people and to to be used of God one more time. I pray you would fill my mouth and guard my tongue and preach me inside. The bounds of the writ, help me be accurate in the scripture. Help me preach like a dying man to dying people. Use me for your glory, and when you're through with me, Lord, call me home. I'll come to the house. I bless you for that right there, Lord. Do something, God, with this today for your glory I ask it in my Jesus name. I pray in Jesus name, Amen. And amen. I want to try to preach today on this—the whole family of God, uh, the future family. Now we opened this thing a few weeks back with this on the first family. Founded in Genesis 1 and 28, where God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul, he made them male and female, created he them, man and woman. Look here, that's how the family began, with a man and a woman. Not two women, not two men, it was with a man and a woman. That was God's plan from the beginning. God hadn't changed his mind, and you may not like that, but I'm going to tell you, friend, Whether you like it or not, that's the way it is because you're not God and he is. We can either get with his plan or get out of the way because God's way is the only way. Jesus said, I am the way. And so we've learned that it began with Adam and Eve. That was the first family. The first family's just like our family. They had a lot of problems. I got news for you. The families have problems. And, and it's not something you can avoid in this life. We're living in a cursed world. People are born, people die, people get sick. People have to deal with issues. Children have problems, problems have, parents have problems with the children. It's the issue of the day. And it began, it all began with Adam and Eve, two boys and one killed the other. I tried to preach on the first family. I hope you understand what family that was. Then I tried to preach on former families in the following week. Showing this, that where the family of God began. Now, if you trace the lineage of Jesus and you go from Mary's side of the lineage, you'll go back and in Luke it'll say in Adam, who was the son of God. You'll find that and that is not in the lineage of Joseph, who was the stepfather of Jesus. Because the blood comes from the daddy, is manufactured upon conception. And God is, Jesus is the only begotten son of God. But from the former family, there was no Jewish tribe. There was no Hebrew. God chose him a man out of idolatry and ignorance and, and devil worship and all the things that went along with He chose him a man out by the name of Abram and Abram, God started with that man and we call him today the father of faith, uh, brother Abraham, father Abraham. He believed the Lord and the Lord counted it to him for righteousness. I told him down in the one of the uh, early teen classes today, uh, uh, kind of helping down there just a little bit, and I told him I said, the problem is in that, in, in, in that lies the problem is you're not righteous. you may be a good a child, you may be obedient to the parents. You may be a good mom or dad or a grandparent. You may be all these things, but I'll tell you what you're not today. On your own, you are not righteous. There's none righteous. No, not one. But I'll tell you this praise God. In Him, we're accepted in the beloved. And when the Lord looks at me, He sees the righteousness of my King. And let me tell you, friend, He's right. There's not a flaw in Him, He's perfect. Holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. That's Jesus. So the former family began with Abraham. It was Abram at that time. God called him a man out. He began a tribe of people. We've seen the failures in that family. They come along, and I'm telling you, every generation declined in their obedience to God right on down to today. And we're living under the dispensation of grace. Isn't it good to be living under grace today? Somebody ought to say hallelujah right there. But all the way down, Brother Junior, you can you read the story. You can see a decline in the obedience of the families right down to today. So I want us to consider this today. Future families. Now, you stay with me, this man. It'll make sense. Why would you say that? Because Jesus. You know what we are from the time of Jesus. You know what we are today. We would have been considered in Jesus' day a future family. Why would you say that? Because Jesus said in John 10. Think about verse 16. He said, uh, "He said, other sheep I have that's not of this fold." Who's he talking about? Future families. Who's he talking about? Those, he said, they'll hear my voice. They'll hear my voice. And he said, and that's them. Who's that? It's not of the tribe. Why would he say that? Because the family, the family that had come out of Abraham rejected God. You got a lot of God rejectors today. They just don't want the book. They don't want the blood. They don't want the blessed hope. We'll just die without hope. That's the only alternative. Are you still with me? Now, if we go, I don't want you to turn it. I'll try to find it real quick. If, if we turn, and I want you to listen. Listen, here's what happened to the rejected people. Talk, speaking to a future family, in the day of Christ, this is Jesus speaking. He said, then shall you begin to say, hey, we've eaten and drunk in thy presence. And that's taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. Listen to this. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The the young people asked me down in the class today, what happened to them Jews that, that rejected Jesus in Jesus' day? Well, right, here's what Jesus said about it. The ones, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Who's that? The former family. When you see them and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves is thrust out. Hey, you wanted to know down in the class this morning what happened to those that lived in that day and rejected Jesus? Thrust out according to Jesus. Right here will make you smile even if you're a free will Baptist. And they look at this. And they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. Who's he speaking of there? The future family. Who is that? That's us today. When Jesus is is speaking of that family, he's looking down through time and he's saying this, I believe there's gonna be a boy Carter. And Bryce and Jared, and you know what? I need those sheep in my fold. That's on that. Da- that's on down the line. And that's who I want in the family. And some's gonna come from here and some's gonna come from there, but they're gonna wind up in the fold of God. I can't believe we got in. Ronnie, here we are. Right smack dab in the middle. Now, if I'm in a lot of places, I'd have to stop and translate that. But you know what I mean. In the family of God. Jesus was looking at a future family. Put us in there. Now, I'm not Calvinist to believe that God knows who's going to be saved. But I'll die believing you got a choice. Whether you are or not. So I want us to look at three things real quick today. I want us to look at the identity of the family. I wasn't going to do this, but I want you to take your Bibles and turn. I I, I want you to take your Bibles and turn over to Romans 11. Romans 11, I, I just feel... I was just going to quote this, but I, I feel the need to, to, to read you a few verses here, and I want you looking at it. Where do I start right here, Lord? Now, this is speaking to the Jew in 11, in 11 and, and 23. Now, the identity. So the children, asked, the young people asked me down in the, in the class this morning. I just went in to answer one question. Wound up teaching the class. I didn't mean to steal your class, Brenda, but you can't give me opportunity. It just comes, starts coming out. And they said, well, what happened to all them Jews that was there in Jesus' day? They was part of the family of Abraham. Well, Jesus just told them, you don't believe in me, you'll be thrust out. So there, there you go. That's what's happened. But what, does, does that mean, does that mean that he's through with the Jew as, as a, Jews as a nation? No. No. Verse 23, and they also, if they abide not, still in unbelief shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. There it is. What was the word in, in that is unbelief? Do they remain in unbelief? What, do they don't believe? what is it that they don't believe? They don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Is anybody here today that does not believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Are you brazen and bold enough to raise your hands and say, I don't believe it. We'll talk after church. You have to let me do a funeral first, but we'll talk after. Jesus is the Son of God the only begotten son of God. Now look at verse 24. For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, that'd be the Gentiles, and wert grafting contrary to nature into a good olive tree, which was Israel, how much more shall these, which be natural branches, Israel, be grafted into their own olive tree? In other words, it won't be hard for the graft to take. It's where they belong. Is anybody with me? Watch this. You want to identify them? For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. Now, we've learned what a mystery is in the Bible, right? It was concealed in the Old Testament. It's revealed in the New. And it was meant for a certain time when it was time for you to know God sent the Spirit of God that he might open our minds to understanding we know what a mystery is. Lest we should be wise in our own conceit, uh, getting above or raising. That blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. That is strong language right there for Gentiles. That's not the time of the Gentiles being fulfilled. That doesn't happen till post-tribulation when Jesus comes and sets up the kingdom. What is that? It is this, the fullness of the time of the Gentiles. That says this. You can research it all you want, Brother Gordon. You'll find a bunch of guys that read it a little different. Here's what it means though. There is a time and a line for the Gentiles and that's it in the bo- as far as the body of Christ is concerned and as far as getting into the family. Now, wh- who knows that? Still mystery. I don't know. You don't either. None of these other whiz-bangs out there claim they know, they don't know. God knows. God knows. Now, I'm not saying it could happen like this, Matthew, but don't you think, think about this today? What if today was the count for the last Gentile to be saved and the fullness be coming? You think it's today, preacher? Probably not. But there'll come a day when that'll be it, unless that scripture's wrong. There is a fullness of the Gentile. Now, what what is is that? Do you think that's all Americans? No, I do not. Probably Europeans might be some Russians in that. Wouldn't it be good if Vladimir Putin got saved this afternoon? Can you imagine little Vlad coming out on the camera and going, make Jesus turn Russia on its ear. It's not gonna happen. Why do you say, it? if he did, they'd kill him. Why do you say it? Because they got an attack from the north. I'm not getting into all that. How do we identify them? They're gonna come in when the fullness of the Gentiles are gonna come in. What is that family of the Gentiles? Here's how we identify For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. See, we're related by blood. It's not our own, it's by Jesus. Though they're part of the family, though they're part of the natural family, look here, they can't get in except by by the blood of Jesus, Brother Paul. They're gonna come in by the blood of Jesus. We're related by blood, but watch this. We're recognized By our fruit. You won't have to be around someone long. You'll know whether they're a family member or not. You recognize, he said we're gonna be known by the fruit we bear. We recognize, we're related by blood, but we recognize, we identify who part of that future family is by the fruit. Now I'm gonna take three right here and I'm I'm gonna be real fast on this. I'm going to take three, the first three fruits of the Spirit. If you have not the Spirit of Christ, you are A+. So if you have not the Spirit of Christ, you're none of His. That means that if I've been born again, I do not have to wait for the Spirit of God. If I do, Paul's wrong. Because we're baptized by one spirit into one body. If I'm part of the body, if I'm saved, I'm part of the body. I might be the freckle on the bottom of the little toe of the right foot of the body of Christ. But hallelujah, I'm in there. So, we're recognized by our fruit. Let's use the three of the spirit which is the Spirit of Christ. The Father, there's, there's, the, there's the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. So we use the Spirit and the first fruits of the Spirit. According to Paul in Galatians, uh, I think in chapter 5, he said this. Here's the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, and peace. I'm just going to use them 3 Stop right there. Love, joy, and peace. So I guess if we're going to be identified as part of that future family that Jesus was referring to, I'm just going to ask you a simple question today. Because if you have not the Spirit of Christ, you're not here. Do you have love, joy, and peace? I mean, if you don't, then one of two things is wrong. Either the Bible's wrong or you're lost. So you joyful all the time? most of the time until that 55 mile an hour driver gets in the left lane and then I lose a little joy state trooper in mississippi said the other day spoke this, if you go in 15 over we'll let you go don't go 16 i said i like mississippi yeah Here's the problem. The speed limit's still 70. Everybody might not be of that opinion, and if they not, you get to sign the ticket. You still with me? That's not the kind of joy he's talking about. He's talking about, so let's go to love first. How do we know? How do we identify a brethren as being part of that? Future family that Jesus referred to. Here's how we do it we do it, we know we pass from death into life because we love the brethren. brethren. Hallelujah. Some people are hard to love, but he didn't say it'd be easy. He said we're supposed to do it. And when others see you do that, and what would be the best? What would be the opportunity that would present itself greater than any other time? It's when they don't act like they love you. And you still act like you love them. I mean, if somebody smacks you upside the head, and you turn around and smack them upside the head, the world don't pay no mind to that. But somebody smacks you upside the head, and you turn other cheek and say, get this one too. You got somebody's attention. Say, I don't, have, I don't have to live like that, preacher. That's the reason the church is in the shape it's in. We identify those future family members as this. We're related by blood. We're recognized by fruit when we love the brethren. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't love you like you loved him before he saved you? How'd you treat him? Let's look at the joy. Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you in John 15, that in me you'll have joy, and that your joy might be full, full of joy. But it's like this. It's the joy. Paul said joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's what it. I think it was Paul. could have been Peter. But I know it says that. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. We have the joy that is unspeakable. We, what, what does that mean to be unspeakable? We can't explain it, Gordon. Somebody said, you bother me laughing out loud in, in service. He said, you just sit there and laugh out loud. I can't help it. I'm just joyful. That's what happens when I get joyful. I go to laughing. Don't ask me what to do when the, what I do when the joy's not there and Pat, you can't tell. <laughs> Love, joy, and peace. Here's the one. Here's the big one. It's that Peace that passeth understanding. Jesus said, In me, in me you shall have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. John 16. So there it is. Or is it 14? I'm all twisted on the scriptures. Jesus said it though. In me you shall have peace. In the world you're going to have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I got it written down. So don't mess it up. And that would be in John 16. I was right. John 16 and 33. So where's our peace at? It's in him. What are these things? Well, it's, it's fruit of the Spirit of God that is, indwells us and we have those and we exhibit those. Watch this. If a branch is in the vine, the natural process will be this. It'll produce fruit and you don't have to do nothing with it. Now, if you want more fruit, you have to prune it off a little bit because it gets to be too much of itself. You'll get that after a while. But if it's pruned off and it's in the vine, Jesus said, I am the vine, ye are the branches, and if the branch is in the right vine, here's what it'll do. It will produce fruit, at least some fruit, love, joy, peace. Now, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, face, temperance, all them things are, 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 are fruits that come after you get love, joy, and peace. That's the first fruits. We're identified by the fruit we bear. Number two, we are, we, here's the influence of the future family. The influence is this. And I want to commend you. I busted on, busted it just a little bit about being in Sunday school uh, last week or week before last. I went down in the classes this morning. You know what? For the most part, except Tammy's class, you wanna, you're going to have to work on your class. I went in there and I had no kids. And the one kid, well, one child, and the ones you had, they stole and took to another class. But there was, there was young people back in Sunday school. I ask you, come to Sunday school. You'll learn something. If you come and just learn one thing that day, that's one thing you knew, but that you now know that you didn't know before you went into class. And you just have to learn one thing. Not all of it. Not everything Wade says are you going to learn. But if you'll just learn one thing he says, one thing Gordon says, one thing the teachers downstairs say, and, and we're identified as children of God by the fruit we bear, then our influence is this. We're influenced in our gathering. We influence others by being gathered here this morning. We do that, Brother John. Brother John, when you were flying, when you were flying, was you the guy, though you were a pilot, were you the guy that fueled the plane, took care of the plane, changed the oil in the plane, done all the things in the plane? Was you the guy that done that or was you the guy that made the flight plan and got in the airplane and flew it? He flew it. It takes everybody to do their part in order to be an influence on those outside these walls. Everybody can't be the pastor. Everybody won't be the Sunday school teacher. Everybody won't be the singer. Some are just gonna come pay their tithes and pray for the glory of God to fall. Ed Reed called it the silent section. And we have that influence. Not forsaking. I know nobody likes this verse. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is and so much the more. But exhorting one another. Don't let me leave that out. It encourages me when I see you here. When I see you, it encourages me. It should encourage you when you see others there with you. Sister Phyllis has felt bad for a little while. You encouraged me when I saw you walking down the aisle. I told someone, look, at, here comes Phyllis. Look at that. That encouraged me. We should, it should encourage us when we see one another. We, so we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And so much more as you see the day approaching what day, that's the day of the Lord. We surely, surely, we don't need to be having less church. We need to be having more church. I got a bunch of things on the schedule for this year. We're gonna have three different meetings. We're gonna have a meeting in March. We're gonna have camp meeting. Unless Jesus comes, then it won't matter. And, and look here, I got someone scheduled at the end of September. You're gonna love him. Well, I've got, we got meetings. We, got, we don't need less. I've got singing groups coming. I'm gonna book some more. We don't need less church. We need more church. We don't need to lay out. We need to come in. We need to assemble ourselves together. We need to let the world out there. know, bless God. We got something worth coming to. And then every now and then, he might let us fly. But the influence is not only in our gathering. Friend, it's in our gleaning. And God would that we would glean some. I was going to preach it, but I won't tell the whole thing. Luke, chapter fourteen, the parable of the great supper, and he says, "Go out into the highways and the hedges, compel them to come in, that my house may be filled." Covid scared the world, scared the church people, scared too scared to come, too scared to invite. Tell them to wear their scuba gear if they need to. Come on to meeting. It's more important than dying without Jesus. Is it real? Talk to me about real. It nearly killed me. I know it's real, but bless God, I'm still here. When it comes your time, you'll get hit by something. but it's the gleaning compel them to come in influence them why? because you're part of the family last today so we, the identity of the former family Jesus was referring to or uh, the future families the, the and then the then the influence of that family we should we should be able we've let the outside world influence us and we've not influenced them. Hey, you know what's true, pre- preacher? Because they're voting Muslims in, they're voting Muslims in to places of power in in our United States Congress, and they don't. Why would they do that? Because they don't know any better. And right out, of one, right out of one of them's mouth, here's what she said. It is, it is our objective to, to convert everyone to Islam, and then we can have Sharia. Now, I'm not out of their mouth. I'm not. That's a direct quote from a congressman. We might have lost our influence. I mean if they see us at the lake on Sunday when church's going on, I mean, I'm not talking about taking vacation, but don't talk about it too long. My wife and I haven't had one in about seven, eight years. I know it's my fault. I book all these revivals. Talk to God about it. He's one to have him call me. I'm not talking about taking vacation. Everybody Jesus said, come here and sit and rest a while. I need to learn how to do that. I told Jack Taylor once I died I'd rest for a long time. talking about having influence as the family of God on the world on the world lastly it's not just the identity of the future family or the influence but it is this it's the immorality I'm immorality good help me Lord immortality We have the promise of something nobody else has. A month ago, it's been about a month ago, Sister Marie, we burnt your daughter. Might have, been, might have been a week longer. I'll lose track of time. Then it's been two, two weeks ago. I, I sang at my sister's father-in-law's funeral down in Kingston. Today, I'm doing a funeral at 2 o'clock. Monday or Wednesday, I got a funeral scheduled, a graveside at 1 o'clock, and we got some hanging by a thread. Jerry Young was sitting right back there about where David's at today. Right behind Jerry. Last Sunday. Walked out those doors right there. He's sitting right back there last Sunday. He walked out and I said, hang in there, brother. And he said, I'm doing the best I can. I Talked to Marsha on Thursday. Well, I called her prior to that. Thanks for the, f- thanks for the heads up on that. <clears throat> she didn't have my number. If you don't have my number or Randy's number, you need to get our numbers. If you're not on our phone tree to get information, for things that we're going to do or when we need something here at church or you might need something you give Randy or myself your phone number we'll add you to the phone tree and you can be contacted I called her early on Thursday morning and I said how you doing sis how's her man she said Mikey passed away this morning about 530 here's why the future family is so important Because it is an expectation that we have. Where Paul said, i show you a mystery. Here's another one revealed young people in the New Testament. i show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. Mm-hmm. That's fast. At the last trump, For the trumpet shall sound and we shall be changed. The trumpet's gonna sound and the corruptible must put on incorruption and the mortal must put on immortality. That is an expectation that I have. How many people have had an expectation of something, and when you finally got it, it wasn't near as good as you thought it was gonna be. I mean, you thought about it, you planned it, you may have paid for it, you're contemplating this thing, all of a sudden you get it, it's over and done with and you go. Was I so excited about the, that wasn't even much good. And we were disappointed with our great expectation. But immortality is gonna turn into more than an expectation. It's gonna be an experience. For I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, even them which sleep in Jesus shall God bring with him. What does that mean? That means Jerry got there before I did. These things we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain shall not prevent them which sleep. In other words, you can't stop it from happening. For the Lord Himself, and I've got an ex- i have got an expectation in this, and if I've this is going to be one time in my life, Glenda, I'm not going to be disappointed in this one because the experience is going to be. Mm, <laughs> far greater than the expectation. For the Lord himself shall, listen, shall appear. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort ye one another with these words. Tommy Paulson, that's what, this, this what that means. That I'm going to get the experience of flight and I don't need anybody to service the plane, change the oil, kick the tires, put the fuel in it. I'm just gonna fly. We give an invitation Wednesday night, brother Mike Blanton and I tag team down there. Uh, he preached part of a message. I've closed it up. We give an invitation. And God wouldn't let me quit giving the invitation. I just kept on and kept on. And there's a little teenage girl sitting back there, and it looked like she's the only one in the building. And I just kept begging. I wouldn't quit. There's a great big fellow down there named KP, and and his and his wife's name's Manessa. And and he looked over and seen the condition of this girl. He told her, said, "Let's go to the altar and pray." He's bigger than he's. He's a lot bigger than Randy Maynard. He's a big guy. And they got up and come to the altar and I was watching the grandmother sit beside this child. And here's what she was doing from the guy in front of her. She was going. And Randy, the Holy Ghost was putting the pressure on her. And I said, I'm going to ask you one more time. And all of a sudden, Ronnie, little girl got her granny by the hand and come walk into an altar and knelt down at an altar. And by the time the preacher got through with her down there, Brother Jared, and I got down with my Bible, I looked at her and I said, can you tell her that you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? And she said, I've believed on the Lord. And she don't know what she got. She might have just come looking for a little fire insurance. But it's so much more than that. When you fall in love with him. Because how much he loved you. And you understand that you have an expectation of leaving this world one day and meeting him because he got out of the grave. Immortality means this, living without ceasing or cease, not ceasing to live. In other words, living forever. Do you have that promise today? It's either living forever or dying forever. The lost people die forever. The second death. Do you fear death this morning? Can you imagine... Doing that over and over and over, as much as you're as much as you might fear death this morning, or just living. Dying one time and living forever. Let's stand to our fate veranda place off on the pen. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.